It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. It's quarter number two. T. Frank, this was supposed to be a show about the 2023 recruiting class, and you went way off tangent talking about USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Yeah, I just I, I took I took the wheel. I, I kicked you out of the seat and started driving the bus. So here we are, segment two. <laughs> All right, let's let's get back on track. Let's talk about the 2023 recruiting class. We'll do it by overview. You put out an article last week, um, which I love because it, you put together the whole class, where the team is, where it stands at each position, where it may be headed going forward. I'd like to review that. And by the way, just tell folks where they could get to everything that you do, T. Frank. How how do they subscribe? How do they get to everything you write with on three? Sure. Well, thank you. Uh, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com is where you go to find uh, Blue White Illustrated, part of the On3 network. And uh, you can sign up for a dollar. 12 months of access to get premium content for one dollar. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. I also do the, the YouTube show, the BWI Daily Edition. So if you search Blue White Illustrated on YouTube, you find us there. And uh, we're marching towards uh, getting 10% of Beaver Stadium uh, to subscribe to the channel. That's my goal. Uh, that's my first goal. There's always another one after that, but that's where we're, we're heading now. Uh, so yeah, uh, and that's where we were talking about uh, the class overview. Very nice. I, I recommend it, folks. Let's get our uh, Keystone Sports Network audience to help T. Frank reach his goal. Some absolutely great stuff there. Anyway, let's get to it, T. Frank. Let's start where we start everything. Let's start with the quarterback, Marcus Stokes. Fascinating recruit. A lot of Penn State fans, and I think fans across the country, they immediately say, say we, they see three stars, he's not one of the big names, and immediately think that Penn State settled at that position. Did they settle at that position or not? No, I, I think he was the guy they went after. So specifically targeting a guy that I, I think is a little underrated in the process. Now, uh, for the for on three, they do things a little bit differently. There's two different rankings. There's the consensus ranking, and then there's the internal ranking. So on three evenly weights the entire recruiting industry and gives a consensus ranking, and then they do their own individual evaluations. He's a three-star in both, but I, I think he was at the Elite 11 finals, and uh, he that means he's you know one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, he's just a little bit undersized, and he's just a little bit, uh, I think, undervalued at this point. Six one and a half, one eighty five. But he, the thing I love the most about him is that he can play within structure, but he's very good at throwing off, you know, throwing off platform on the run. Mobile accuracy is not something that is. Um, typically something you want in a quarterback when they're relying on that but when it's continued like throw after throw after throw this guy is rolling out moving in the pocket uh stepping up he's throwing off platform and he's accurate so that is now a trait that is not something that's luck um and then as he develops that's going to be the question is how big does he get does he get to be 210 215 
Um, I don't know that he'll be that big, but he's got a bit of a narrower frame than than I think some of the guys that Penn State's recruited previously. Uh, even with Christian Vegu, he's a little bit thicker than Marcus Stokes. But I, I just love his composure and his accuracy. And uh, I think even when he's clean in the pocket, he throws with great fundamentals. I, he has a little bit of a tendency to rely too much on his athleticism. But outside of that, I really like his profile, and I think he can rise to a four-star this fall. And I think we also have to t- uh, trust James Franklin and his staff. You may argue with how they handled the quarterback room once they got here, but their recruiting of quarterbacks, they identified Trace McSorley. They identified Will Levis. They identified yeah. Justin Fields before uh, most other teams did. So yep. I think you've got to trust that they've been pretty good at this. Uh, let's move on. I'm fascinated by the running back position. Uh, the two names that keep coming up are Trayon Webb and London Montgomery. Montgomery's the one from Scranton, so he's the Pennsylvania guy. It seemed like early on, Trayon Webb was the one they really wanted. London Montgomery was kind of a backup plan. He seemed to gain more favor with the coaching staff. Where where does that recruitment sit right now, T. Frank? Uh, so, you know, this is, I think this is kind of more about how everything shakes out because if Penn State lands a bunch of their high value prospects and and things get tight and one of these guys hasn't committed already, they might not have room. So it's all going to be about timing and what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I'll tell you what I think personally, uh, because I can't really tell you what the, the staff thinks individually. And I think it's probably a couple of different things. Speed's important, and Lund Montgomery's fast. He is a very good running back. He's just 180 pounds. He's five foot ten. He's got a bit of a narrow frame, so he's not a lead back. He's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and be the number one do it all feature player. Um, Trayon Webb. He's the other side of the coin. He's six foot, 198 pounds, big physical running back, breaks tackles but is kind of a one-cut runner. He's high-cut, and he doesn't always... He's not super elusive, he's not super agile, and he doesn't have breakaway long speed. So, you know, there's two ways you can think about this. I I personally think that Lennon Montgomery, in his role, is going to be more effective because he's a better overall or all-around player. And his role is going to be that kind of change of pace back. He could be a scat back. He could be, he can still run between the tackles. I think he's still physical enough to run between tackles and, and has great contact balance to get extra yards. Uh, but neither of them are a lead back. So if they're both platoon backs and you take them, they complement each other very well. So if you take both, it makes sense. If you take one or the other, I would go for speed over size personally, knowing what you already have with Catron Allen and Nick Singleton. Interesting setup. Uh, you mentioned it may depend on what happens elsewhere, but do you think the team wants both of them? Yeah, I, I think they would. Have, they, I think they would want and take both of them. My opinion is because there's talent in the secondary and there's talent other places. I would want to take other positions over two running backs. But again, if they don't get those guys, getting valuable players is always valuable. So get the valuable players, and both have value. Gotcha. Let's let's go to the offensive line, which might be the highlight of this class. Um, 
You've got Javen Williams considered a tackle inside. You have Alex Birchmeyer, who people forget about. He was one. He was the first commit, and he's yep. a five star some places. And Anthony Donka. I guess the question there is: Are they done? Would they look for more? I know they lost Josh Miller, so I'm assuming they would take at least one more. Where are they yeah. looking on the offensive line? So uh, I would say. Absolutely, they want to get more tackles because the the point of the class earlier is they were all kind of interior players, but they had so much diversity of skill set and they had a couple guys that were super athletic and had the reach and the athleticism to play tackle, but they were currently better at guard. So you could mix and match and you would have uh, a, a good feel about who could play where and they needed probably one more player. That was a pure tackle. I think at this point you want to get two more at least uh, one more, if not two more players that are pure tackles because Javen Williams is learning to pass protect. And I know, you know, Ross has talked about him in depth on the show, but he's he is still learning how to kick slide. Last time I saw him at one of the Penn State camps, it he was playing tackle and it he's, he looked like a work in progress. And, and that's not anything to be worried about because he's super athletic, but it is a part of his profile. I think he's a tackle in the college level because I don't know that anyone else is going to be better than him overall. But if you get a guy like Evan Link or uh, a couple of the other guys that are out there right now, then you have given yourself that flexibility again to play guys where they're best and you're not you're not forced to say, okay, of these guys, one of them has to be a tackle prospect and we're playing him there. That's where you get into kind of the trouble of guy not really fitting his position and playing below his recruiting ranking or potential level. Where do they stand with Evan Link right now? That's a great question. <laughs> I think it, oh, it's thank an, you. <laughs> from what I've heard uh, from Ryan Snyder, uh, our insider, is that it, it's close and it depends on what's important to uh, to Link. Is it education? Is education the most important thing? Because he's considering Stanford. Hard to beat that. Is it all? Is it is it equal, or is it slightly more football? And uh, an education is still very important to him, uh, and that's going to swing the balance of whether he wants to go to Stanford and play there, or if he wants to go to Penn State and play in Happy Valley. Uh, Stanford has does not have the reputation. It should not have the reputation it does for offensive linemen that it did ten years ago. They are not that place anymore. So if he wants to be good at football, I don't see personally Stanford as a viable place. I haven't seen the development. I haven't seen the, the uh, advancement of those players on a regular basis. Let's talk tight end. At some point in this class, I think Penn State has had approximately 23 different guys commit <laughs> to play tight <Yeah>. end. <laughs> Where are they now? Where do they stand? Uh, well, they're locked in with Andrew Rampelier and Joey Schlaffer, and those guys are—they are here. They are uh, the the class of that position, and they're both very good. Six foot five for Schlaffer, with a lot of room to grow, can be a, a pure, complete Y tight end. And Rampelier is one of the more advanced players I've seen at his position from a skill point. Uh, he's just a little—and six three, two hundred pounds is not undersized, but it's more undersized than some of the gargantuan players they've had recently. It's undersized when you're talking big-time tight end. And finally, we have at receiver, Shakir and Haynes. I feel like Shakir gets forgotten. We've talked quite a bit yep. about Yazid Haynes. What are they getting with those two guys, and are they done at wide receiver? 
I don't think they're done at wide receiver. They could be if they wanted to be, but uh, you know, you got a speed boundary guy in Haynes who also can play from the slot, and then a Johnny Shakir is a, is not. I think he's a four-five receiver, which is good. Like he's not slow, but he's not the electric athlete that they would have gotten if they had gotten um, Rodney Gallagher. He's a little bit bigger, more physical though. So he he's a catch and run sort of yak guy, break tackles, make explosive plays, um, inside outside versatility. But is is very much a slot potential six foot. Again, talking about the same thing, six foot one seventy five can play inside outside. Great potential uh, from Shakir. So he kind of fits that mold of the just right guy that we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? Yep. I would say the only thing he lacks is explosive speed. He's fast, but not, you know, the wow that jumps off tape. Very good, T. Frank. All right. That was our look at the offense. In quarter number four, we will look at the defense. But before we get there, we have quarter number three. Three comes between two and four, T. Frank. You that didn't was think there was going to be any math today. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a goalie Quarter- getting a finger on it and batting it away. <laughs> but we will get to quarter number three, which means we're going to take your questions. We're going to ask T. Frank. Stay tuned for that. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. 